Repeat after me. I will be sucker free. You've entered the listening You've zone. Entered the listening zone. Sucker free Sunday podcast with Cloudy J and Devoya. to another edition of Sucker Free Sunday. Got five on it, a podcast that explores storytelling through music, lists, and conversation. Um, I am your host, Devoya Mayo. And uh, today my guest is um, just one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, Someone I call friend, someone I call brother, someone that's just morphing into just this amazing human being um my guest today is jason easton how you doing jason? hey y'all how you doing honey <laughs> i'm good i'm good i'm good and ditto 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 uh, you are just the best. <laughs> this, is, this is gonna be a great a, a great hour i can i can feel it um you sent a playlist um if this is your first time tuning in the premise of the show is to have folks create a five song playlist based on a theme or a question and then collectively we break that down what the songs mean, um, why you chose them. For your thing today, you chose to wander, um, songs to get lost to. And I immediately, when I saw that, thought of Langston Hughes. And one of my favorite books is I Wonder As I Wander, which is about his journey. And when you look at the the titles that you have, on the on, on your five song playlist, which is actually an eight song playlist, but we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> right. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I'm so glad that I didn't see. I mean, I knew, with the exception of one track, I knew the songs, but I hadn't listened to them from that lens. And so I took the morning to do that, and I'm like, look at him, look at him. So, um, son, okay. let's let's get into it. First of all, this like. And I told you before, like, this is brilliant because it's such a challenge to like, sort of like, you know, curate a playlist of five songs that are important to you. And Mm -hmm. I'm so moody when when I think about music, like it's all about sort of how I'm feeling. And I could totally listen to one song for like two weeks straight. (laughs) I've done that. And so it was really, it was fun actually to have to sort of challenge myself to just sort of go back and think about, you know, songs. I mean, there's a lot of songs that have had impact for me, but to really whittle it down to five and to have some level of focus. So, right. Damn. <laughs> damn. Exactly. <laughs> damn me. And so when people, and I've tried not to um, use the word challenge, I've tried very, I, I try to keep it super chill, but pe- y'all know me. Y'all know what I'm doing. And, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it really is. I really want that. I really want you to whittle it down and let's get into the minutia of it. That's not a good word. Um, let's get down to the basics of it, right? And so um, I've had several folks, which I'm fine with, not, they couldn't do that part. Um, they felt strongly that that was, not something they could do and so 
while we're discussing it, I kind of whittle it down without them understanding. That's what I'm doing. You, you still have all these genres, you still have all this list, but we're still making it um, digestible and compact because we all need that too. We, you know what I mean? Um, yep. And so I respect the process. Um, it's hard for me too. But um, you know, I think it, but that's the fun part, right? It should yeah. be hard because yeah. reality is like, when I think about music, I think about it like as sort of my soundtrack, right? And and my connection to music is something that's like really, because I was, to be honest, I was, my own personal relationship to it was sort of late. Like I grew up listening to what my parents listened to. And I think that's the, the truth for a lot of people. And so your own discovery and process of like learning new artists and learning new sounds and all mm -hmm. that stuff is something that's really personal to everybody. And so, you know, like every artist, every song that we hear in our lifetime means something different. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And so it is, you know, like not a challenge, it's a fun challenge, but to be, to think about, okay, like, let me pick five <laughs> in my life. Yes. Know, represent me in this moment or represent this top, whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I actually appreciate it because I think I realize that, you know, in a small way, like, you know, I'm a music historian as we all are. Woo, I love you know, it. We all are, we all yeah. are. We all have our own, and that's what art is. You know, I hadn't thought about music. it in that way. That's it's, awesome. So. And I also um, like the idea, and we've had several folks mention this, to come up with what they feel they like in, in terms of music, just how you just said it. Um, the Baca girls were on a couple of weeks ago and they mentioned that, you know, that, and theirs was a challenge for me. And they don't, I don't know if they know this, but it was a challenge for me because it's three sisters with distinctive taste, putting something together, but it's still their family influences, um, their togetherness influences. And theirs was about taking a trip also. And so I'm liking all of the, the themes that are coming together. And I think and October will be a year if I continue this, which I hope I do. Because, you know, sometimes I'd like, be gung-ho about something and be like, eh, I don't know. Forget it. Yes. You know, because, I don't know. I doubt that will happen. But for season one, I do want to do like this recap of what commonality, you know, what themes, what ideas did folks bring to the fold in season one that overlap. And so... Um, yeah, you know, I digress though. This is about you. This is not about sucker free Sunday. Got five. Well, it kind of is. It's, all, um, it's always all about sucker free every day. What are you talking right? about? Right. It's so difficult <laughs> to get there. You live that life. You, I, I just have to right. say, um, and I'll double back also. I have soundtracks for people all the time. And it's not even me trying to do it. It's their presence, it's their essence. Even if you don't have a presence, I might, there might be songs that I associate with you. And it's not even, I'm not even trying to do it. So when you say, you know, soundtracks for things, I have a soundtrack for most people in my head that I'm close to. And I just hear it when I'm in their presence. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is uh, Johnny uh, Q introduced us and shout out to Johnny. The moment I met you, you were sucker free. And this man has only introduced me and his, which I got to give it up to the friends who think, oh, this friend is my friend, but. Dang, I'm gonna have to share it. 
share this person with another person because I sensed that they would be cool. And he's done that to me three different times and you are one of those folks. And so I get, I get all of these vibes are just, it's just beautiful. Um, well, I, I do, let's, I must interrupt you and say, I take issue with, you know, I think we are, I mean, you were out here the last year. Yes. You are beyond a friend, you are family, so. Thank you, thank you. And you know, um, my ticket still says, um, now you gonna use this, right? And I'm like, yes, ticket. Um, me and Cruz gonna come back. Um, it's and your bed is made, and we uh, actually we bought you a new bed. Like uh, you are set, you're ready to. You know when John was on, salt, I, in, I tried to uh, incense. See, see, you you making me wish I could go to the airport right now, dude. <laughs> I think we need to hook up. What are you talking about? Just yeah. for you. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is all beautiful. I can't wait. I can't wait. So speaking of can't wait, I can't wait to get into this playlist. Um, and so let's just start at the top. Um, your track one is by who I believe may be your favorite artist, Bjork. Am I correct? Is she your favorite artist? Uh, that's another one of those questions that's hard to answer. I, I wouldn't say that she's my favorite. She is okay. one of my favorites. Okay. Um, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, like your own personal music discovery. And I'll, I'll tell you like how I learned about Bjork. Yes, was, let's talk about that. Tell me how you learned about her. Tell me why you chose so I, these. I put both tracks as your number one. Okay. Um, so one is crying which debuted in 93 and the other one i never say the word because i don't know how to pronounce the word i just call it the state of emergency song um, <laughs> because she says that you know um throughout the the song and that's 97 um from homogenic which until you put it on this playlist i'd forgotten about because my favorite track on that album is i miss you and uh, for various reasons. So I want you to tell me how you, that remix you already knew. I, we didn't even have to talk about it. So yeah, let's get into it. I, so uh, it was when I went to college. So it was 1999 and it was when uh, Columbia House existed. So remember oh. you could fill that out mm -hmm. and you can get, like pay a penny or whatever and you can get to what it was like 12 <laughs> CDs or whatever. Yep. So I'm trying to like fill out my CD list and I just see Bjork on there and I'm mm -hmm. in LA at this point and so I order debut and it comes and um, it just I think I've talked to you about this before when I heard her voice when I heard her tone to me it was it was similar to sort of a gospel tradition mm -hmm. right I heard sort of the vulnerability in her voice, although like her orchestration was very dance oriented or maybe pop oriented. Her voice was so soulful to me mm -hmm. that it just she's she stuck with me every then ever, ever since then. And so I started sort of diving deeper into her sound and uh, her career. And I've been a fan ever since, you know, were you surprised by the soulfulness? Uh, yes yeah absolutely yeah. you know yeah. i think and part of it was my own naivete right to think that you know it's no it's you know i'm black and i mm -hmm. grew up 
in sort of a black soulful tradition, a black gospel tradition. And so to hear this white Icelandic woman mm-hmm. sort of emote all of that when I heard her voice right. to kind of have to kind of force me to feel the same way was surprising. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. I um a, a lot of artists um, and t- from other countries, you know, I hadn't been exposed to other countries, um, you know, as a young person and coming into the fold and listening to artists such as Bjork, it, not only was it surprising, but comforting. Like this reaches beyond what we know. It's not just us. There are others who feel these emotions in this same way and emote in such a way that we recognize the similarities. And so I, I just, I'm just always happy when folks find these things on their own, just as you and I have done, and then share them with others so that they too can, you know, understand it's not just us, y'all. You know, it's a whole bunch of folks right. out there. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think there is sort of, there's certainly comfort and a kindredness to all of that, right? And so you, you, and so I had the the privilege of actually going to Iceland in 2016. Talk about it. And when you, when you, well, when you, you land and you travel and you're sort of maneuvering your way through Reykjavik. And we, we also went to some of the out, you know, smaller towns on the outside of that, but, um, I understood sort of, I felt like I understood sort of, I was like, yeah, like this is what, I appreciated her authenticity even more, mm-hmm. you know, um, because her sound is so similar to what Reykjavik looks like. Wow. You know? It's okay. so similar to what you see. Um, and so it was a realization that her voice and her music is a reflection of her experience and it's an authentic one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hate I hate when artists are categorized as being pop because it's like, what does that mean, you know? Nothing. Um, and so York is one of those artists is like, yeah, you know, she. what is she? Is she pop or, or you know, whatever. Right. Um, but that's also one of the reasons why I've always respected her. And so John and I, actually saw her in uh, Glasgow before the lockdown. Oh, recently? You know, recently. Yeah, it was right before lockdown. So um, she had a a choir from Reykjavik and a youth choir who was her support act and also provided support vocals. And it was, again, just confirmation of how deeply rooted her music is in her own experience growing up in Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. And so I found that refreshing and I found it, I, again, I found kindredness in sort of the black experience here in soul music or gospel music, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that is maybe her gospel. And it's something that is some, sometimes lost in a lot of artists these days. So right. That's why oh. she's one of my favorites. Oh. Yeah. That was so well stated that was a long-winded no it's not long-winded at all and and the entire time you're explaining that it it makes sense to folks who may not understand why our music um 
lens is so wide. And you see those similarities. It, you just talked about this in a way that folks who like Motown would understand because were it not for the black church and um, all the experiences and the landscape of a Detroit, would you get the sounds that you get from Motown artists? Right. And, and, you know, and this can be said about different genres as well. Um, and so I understand that. And you didn't say it, and I thought you might get there. Um, and we don't have to expand on this very much, but I think we both appreciate artists who don't mimic the stuff that we like. Because she could, quite frankly, be someone with that soulful voice. She could mimic what she thinks American soul music is, and probably, I mean, I'm sure she will off, but she could probably command much more attention and monetary gain and whatnot if she were trying to, if she were a caricature of what exists here. But what you've explained is there's no need for that. I come from a space where this is what we, this is how we live. And, th and I, I have the skills to share that with you. And it still is soulful in many ways and still um, authentic as you, as you stated. And so I appreciate that. And it's why when people send me, say that again. That's the truth about that's the truth about artistry, though. You know, when we, right. if you do take sort of a muse, music historian's look and our, our approach to music, it's all interconnected, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, I think that's what, um, that was my journey in discovering music and artists that I like and music and artists that resonate with me is that I learned that I didn't have to sort of fall in line and listen to anything because people expected me to like certain, sort of music, mm -hmm. right? Reality is like, you know, like even, if, you know, like country music, mm -hmm. right? That's rooted in a gospel tradition. That's rooted in a black gospel tradition, rock music. Right. We were, you know, we talked, you and I talked on a personal level, you know, last week about Tina Turner, mm -hmm. you know, about um, how she would, sort of reinvented into this pop queen right but she is soul she is she has roots in bluegrass and blues and all of that stuff mm -hmm. and she sort of left away for people like mick jagger and all that stuff you know right and so i think it's important to keep open mind for me again it's i try not to think about music i just try to feel it and so if a song <laughs> resonates with me, it just uh -huh. does. Word. Then I dive into the artist. Yeah. Right? And then I try to get to know, make connections. Okay, you know, there that's when it piques my curiosity. But there's plenty of times where I've heard something and I don't know what, I, you know, there's a song, not to get too far, but there's a song on my list that I, it's not even in English. Yeah. But I remember very vividly. That's the, the one artist I, I didn't know and I had to research. And then I saw the video and I'm like, oh, I know who that is. And so now I got to go check their catalog out because <laughs> I know who. I was like, look at Jason. I love it. I love it. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's awesome. I, I like I'll the journey. <laughs> no, don't stop talking. That's what we want. It's the journey. You, you've titled it well. Um, and so we're taking this journey together. And I'm so happy that you start with York because that's a great um it's a great place to start when you're on a journey to just be outside of yourself, but still be who you are. And I think right. that's what she represents. I, 
in, in my opinion, I don't know how other folks feel, but I thought that was a really great start. Um, do you remember what your track two on your journey was? Uh, I believe it was So Much Trouble in the World, Bob Marley. That's it. That's it. I was like, look at my friend. So deep, but so cool. Um, the album cover no. that was in many Black families um, collection with the flags on the front. I think it may have been, I don't know for certain, but I think it may have been either that or Exodus. It may have been like the first um, studio albums that were available for purchase in the US because it was all at all the aunties house. And you know, that was like the first reggae sound we got. Um, Yep. And I just think it's beautiful that we start with the best, the pioneer, um, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, and, and I'll be honest, like my appreciation for Marley came later because it wasn't a sound that was readily available in my household. Mm -hmm. um, again, we he, we kind of held him as sort of like sort of like a unicorn. Like we all knew who Bob Marley was, <laughs> yeah. but not really diving into him. My parents, you know, they didn't, it wasn't like, you know, they didn't put on a Bob Marley track while we were like cleaning the house or whatever, or just kicking right. it. Like it wasn't. Uh, and so I, I remember, so I went to Ghana and I spent close to a year there teaching and, um, a friend of mine from DC, she was with me, Shanika. She had been before and she had done a lot of sort of humanitarian work there and stuff. And so she knew sort of the spots to go and she knew people. And we went to, um, we were in Cape Coast, which is this uh, beautiful seaside village, but it also has a really dark history because it was sort of the last place that a lot of Africans saw as mm -hmm. they were, you know, traveled, you know, um, right. the diaspora that traveled throughout the world. So I remember um, uh, we went to this like really beautiful, pristine beach and it was like all locals there. And it was like a little, I guess you could equate them to sort of bed and breakfasts. Mm. But Rita Marley has a really looming presence in Ghana because she, um, she, I think she started like a couple of music scholarships there and she's like invested a lot in the community. So there's imagery of Bob Marley everywhere. And so I remember sitting on this beach and watching all of these locals, right? Mm. Just like kicking it. Right? Just, I mean, being yeah. in love and being drunk and hanging out and getting their hair wet and, you know, just soaking up the sun. And they were just playing Marley track after Marley track. And I loved it. It's a very poignant memory for me. <laughs> and what I love about Bart Marley is when you go back and you look at, listen to his catalog, you know, he has so many anthems now that, you, you know, we songs that we treat as anthems because he was a revolutionary. Right. But the way he's able to orchestrate it 
you know, they, they're, you know, his songs are able to like encompass like hurt and pain, but they're also an anger, but they're also always hopeful. And that's what I love about this song. Mm-hmm. You know, the title is so much trouble in the world, but there's a sexiness to it, right? right. It's like, like the blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we got troubles, but we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And we are okay. And so that's that's why it's always been one of my favorite songs. And I can also attach it to just, a, you know, visually um, a very sort of spiritual moment for me being in Ghana and being surrounded by sort of my Family. roots and, and seeing Family. the beauty. Family. Yeah. Home. And, yes. And so that's why it's one, that's why I had to put it on the list. You know? That's wow. one of those that's songs so that it sort of stops me in my track. It stops me in my tracks whenever I hear it. You know, it's like, um, there is again, and I tried to, that's why I tried to, you know, the songs that I pick, I tried to, they're all similar in that regard. But it's one of those songs that I hear and I just stop, you know, and listen. You're transported to it. back. Because I have to. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. And that's a reverence um, that I think music uh, really helps um, elicit from folks, whether or not you know it. Um, I do think, you know, um, I, I get that spaces and visuals are also in that category. But for me, especially, it's very auditory. My 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 memories and moods and uh, things I revere are almost single-handedly uh, include music. It's just you know, and it doesn't have to be lyrically speaking. Um, it can be the birds singing a particular way or the wind blowing. Uh, you know, you know, I love a blustery day. That reminds me of growing up, right? I mean, we have four seasons back yeah. in the day. Um, and so I just, <laughs> I love that not only my partner, John, you know, who he, I drive him nuts cause I have to sleep with the windows open. I do too. Yes. And part of it, especially where we live now, it's close to the coast. And it's just because I just like the noise, mm-hmm. the ambient noise, yeah. you know, like I like to hear it. You know, that for me is what establishes sort of, it gives me roots, it plants me. And so um, hearing the waves crashing or hearing the seagulls or hearing a fox in the distance. Like You're killing me right now. (laughs) I want to be a part of all that. Me too. (laughs) Which I think is amazing. I just, we have this in common and I never told you that. Never once did I tell you that I slept with those, you know, ambient sounds and that I visually like to look at them a little bit before I fall asleep. And then I visit you and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, how would I be coming home to a place where, you know, I think you might've been the only brother I saw the whole time, but it didn't feel that oh, way. Sure. You know, it felt like home and it's those sounds. And so I think we have that in common. It's this auditory level of reverence that we have for the planet and um i just love bob marley because he really fits in that whole um you know that whole space like beautifully when you're discussing ghana i saw it i felt it i know what you mean i've never 
I'm not gonna say I ain't never been there. That's where we're from. Um, that's where we're. From. That's where Stevie going back. We can talk about that afterwards. Hey. That be a whole hour, but um, <laughs> you know, Ghana's always been on my list. Um, you know, West Africa is where the you know the bulk of um, Black Americans. You know, that's our origin story, and so I definitely have this kinship um, with that, and would imagine hearing Bob Marley there. I know I would have been in tears um, because of what it represents. It's, yeah. Good tears. It's a validation. Yeah, it's, it's a validate. It was a validation of sort of, again, you know, not to get too deep in, you know, the diaspora and right. the historical context and ramifications of it. But, um, I think for me, it was just an appreciation and a realization of the strength of mm. our people, right? right? Like here I am, a black American mm -hmm. in Ghana, listening to Bob Marley, you know, mm -hmm. uh, who's reggae and Jamaican. Yeah. yeah. You know, that Kendrick, you, that bond was never broken and it will never be broken. You know, and so there was just a beauty in it, and like I said, a sadness, but also like a hope and a and and an acknowledgement that we're stronger than we think we are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's we're all um, right. It's the auditory version of, for me, of watching, um, finding our roots. I love Henry Louis Gates Jr. Everybody I know knows, yes. you know, I low key have a crush on Henry Louis Gates Jr. I just do. And I love that show because it's all those feelings you just expressed. It's people opening up the book of life and him, you know, oh man, we're going to get too deep. I don't want to do that. Um, I'll just say this growing up when people, you know, non-black folks would say where they would go for the summer and it would be another country. Um, because of our proximity to other spaces, it's easy. Or that they knew where their home, you know what I mean? All those things. And, you know, I've always, always thought about Africa. I don't know. It's not like someone, you know, forced me or any of those things. I don't think it's something you can force someone. I've just always been interested in it. And so I would always, I, you know, I don't get jealous of a lot of things. But as a kid, I was always jealous of people who would say, we're going to go home for the summer. Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't know where home is. Um, I know who my grandparents are. I know who we are here. But outside of that, I can't find those places. Didn't know how to access them. And then you meet other folks who are surprised that we don't know that information. And I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? How do you not know that there really is no real way unless we want to A, be traumatized B, spend all of our resource doing it, and three, be traumatized some more. And so when Henry Louis Gates does it, I'm always, I'm in that space of, they get a book of life. They get some, they get a physical thing that tells them all about their history on both sides. And these are famous people who walk away with this new information. And I think in my mind, if I, ever have the means to do anything worthwhile. That is what I want to do. I want to find these things out, not just for me, but for others too. And not just from that, you know, 23 and me, because I'm gonna be honest with you, that just doesn't seem like enough. 
I need more. I, I need this uh, revelation. And I think music helps me feel like I'm at home, but I really want that. I, I want all that documentation too. No, exactly. You know, we, I, um, you know, we've talked about this before in a personal level. I don't know any of my family beyond my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know a lot of them well. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people who I associated as my grandparents weren't actually my blood. That's just how black families work. Yeah. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I love I'm it. Okay. You know, That's okay. You know, it's actually been quite interesting being a black American now living in the UK when I hear people talk about sort of, you know, you know, you, you've met my partner, John, you know, we have a picture of his great grandfather hanging in our hallway. Yeah. And I can't, and you know, we've talked about it in all honesty, like there is a little le- level of jealousy there. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't know. And the reality is that that's a reflection of just the circumstance, right? Our families mm-hmm. were split up. Yeah. Our families were sold off all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sort of the whole blood connection um, much more challenging to kind of get to the root of. But that's why when I was there in that moment, you know, it still felt like home, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And the experience was that it was, I never, you know, I traveled before and been a lot of places, but never had I been in a place where me, what I looked like was the norm. It wasn't the exception. And to be able to lean into that and appreciate that and then have having other brothers and sisters look you in the eye and say, well, welcome home. Yes. It was powerful. Right. Which, you know, it. Uh, it's one of those things that just, I mean, you can't shake that. You no. can't shake that feeling ever. No. Um, and so I'm, I'll forever be, you know, grateful for it and grateful for the opportunity to, to experience that and have that moment, you know, and I'll always I, cherish it because. I think you and I should, um, should go there soon and get us some, um, yes. some passports, <laughs> yes. some, um, dual citizenship. Uh, that's, exactly. that's, for, that's for another conversation, but, um, yeah, I think we should get some dual citizenship. Um, so do you mind sharing a little bit more about some of the places that you wandered over the years? You've mentioned, um, Ghana, um, you also mentioned Iceland, um, and, and how those experiences help to shape your personal aesthetic because you are a whole vibe. I don't know if people can feel that through this interview, but you're a whole vibe. And it's not something, <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a, it's not something, um, it's so authentic, Jason. It doesn't even, um, it, I'm not doing it justice by, by even saying that, but I know that this has to um, developed over the years of experiencing different things um, from your particular lens. So do you mind just sharing a little bit of some of the places you've wandered and how that's helped shape who you are? 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting because I was actually really like I didn't start traveling until late in my life. When I look at what's late, uh, so I'm from Fresno. That's right. Well, so you know, like I, you know, I'm from Fresno, and you know, I didn't get my first passport until I was, uh, I was in college. So, uh, you know, around eighteen or nineteen. That's not late, and. I, well, I mean, you know, Mm-mm, compared to some late. of my white friends. No, don't use that as the barometer. Don't use I that as my white friends. No, no. <laughs> I know you do. Well, but yeah, <laughs> there is a difference in experience, though. And so, um, and my mom, you know, she was, you know, she was afraid to get on a plane or anything like my that. My mom is still afraid. What I, yeah, what she I value, though, and why I'm blessed. My mom always, she raised me to A, not take on her fears and B, always pursue my curiosity. And so I've always been um, a curious person and I've always been someone who, I'm a really good listener an observer mm-hmm. it's actually that's like my safest space for me like that's where i feel most comfortable is just like being someone sort of in a corner just watching and listening and so travel was always something that just naturally suited me um and i you know i was blessed to have you know folks who supported me in those endeavors but um, and friends who encouraged me to do it because they all kind of grew up differently where they were always traveling. And so they kind of took me on under their wings and, you know, become sort of an, an addiction to some sort, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, I'm a different sort of traveler. You know, I'm a quiet traveler. I don't, it's not about like sightseeing or doing anything like that. I just, I really want to, when I leave a place, I want to feel like I've lived there. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to feel like I've gotten to know the people who really make that place tick. And sometimes you can't completely do it in a week or two weeks, but I try my best just to sort of just sit back and observe and uh, be a part of it. And so right. um, the very first place was London. That's, you know, uh, when I first got my passport, we traveled across, but I've been to uh, the Balkans. And so I've spent time in Bosnia, which was amazing. Sarajevo, which is incredible. And again, a very soulful people who have endured a community that's endured a lot of pain and hurt that we as Americans don't even know that much about. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, But you sense that and you feel that, but they're so strong and beautiful, you know. Right. Um, Albania, um, Montenegro, and Iceland, Copenhagen, Africa. Ooh, Lisa Stanfield out here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I appreciate you so open to like share that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. This is why we roll, man. Um, 
what styles of music you you mentioned that at the top of the hour um that your current um what you've come to be how do i say this let me just ask what kind of music did you grow up listening to what was freddie um listening to on saturday mornings when it's <laughs> time to uh you know yeah so it was soul funk uh jazz you know so confunction commodores stevie right. marvin you know all the things uh, all the good things old train your mom listened to jazz this is beautiful Ooh, are you kidding grover washington jr she i mean yes oh my god yes she had (laughs) all his all his albums (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that because i wouldn't i wouldn't have remembered that but yes grover i don't even know why i did i was Uh, just looking at album covers while you were naming them i was seeing the album covers at our house and i was just wondering nancy nancy wilson you know but the interesting The funny thing about my mom is that she, so she went, her and my godmother, Vandasa, they went to Fresno High at a time where it was primarily white, right? Mm-hmm. And she would, they were both like letter girls and cheerleaders. And so because of my mom's social circle, she also listened to a lot of like, Amer- like Americana stuff, like Amer- American folk. So it wouldn't- Oh my God, I you know, my mama I did hear- too. Like Phoebe Snow yeah, and, yeah. and um exactly Eddie and um oh my Helen yes what was oh, the deal with yeah, that you know, like that's so interesting I've not heard anybody else say this um what's the other lady oh God oh she's on the tip of my tongue um curly hair I'm the poetry man. Who's that lady? Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, the the musician. It's okay, but yeah, my mama did too. Yeah, you know, so, so she, interesting. You no, know, I think, and she was a dancer, so I think you know her her exposure was much different than maybe what she was getting at home. You know, my my grandparents were they were all gospel. You know, that's yeah. You know, they didn't really listen to secular music. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's i think a lot of that i got from her i mean i i know that i got from her right so that again it just speaks to sort of the curiosity and music and the curiosity of sound and just Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to to enjoy it yeah to feel it you know and my mom was always that sort of person carly simon um that lady. Carly Simon. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, was uh, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, who's this curly haired lady? I was just going to say Carly Simon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. So then we move into track three. And this is a more modern song. Not modern. You know what I mean? This is a current artist um, that you, myself, and Star all have in common. And it's the internet. Yeah. And. I would love for you to um, share why you chose um, Under Control. So this is, yeah, this is, uh, again, one of those things that I was like, it's about how a song makes me feel and how I can hark back on and think about like when I sort of first dove into it and heard it. 
Mm-hmm. And so... May I ask, were you an Odd Future fan at all? Yes. Okay. I was. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so this, so the internet is one of those groups that I share in common with my partner, with my husband, mm-hmm. John. And so um, I remember like a lot of, like when I listen to them, it reminds me of us and like our process of like getting to know each other and I need like maneuvering you to know I got it right <laughs> <laughs> oh exactly you all should see and, a smile right now a <laughs> and so that was one you know it's one of those things it's one of those bands that we um just bonded over mm-hmm. and it's the first band that we saw live here in the UK. Heart's so popping over my head. I love this. And so, yeah, and, and Under Control, just sort of the, I mean, you can go all, on all day about, you know, the merits of, of the internet, but, mm-hmm. you know, the jazz arrangement there. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's such, it's like the perfect song that really pays tribute to sort of, you know, musicianship before it but it's still modern and um it just it makes me feel happy i just i just love it i don't think anyone can listen to the internet without feeling joyful um i'm a co-sign on that with you yeah and for the listeners oh go ahead what no I, i i i was just gonna say for the listeners um, if you've not delved into their catalog, I I, I think you would agree. Not only co- um, them collectively as the internet are they great, but separately, Sid has her own vibe happening. The lead vocalist, um, Steve Lacey is super amazing. Patrick just had something yeah. released. All of them individually have their own vibe. And then when they get together, it's just great. And so if you've not, um, had the opportunity or not thought about checking them out. It's not pop in the way that you might think. And it's not hip hop in the way that you might think. Um, I just got to give props to Tyler, the creator. He's, you know, had this this backing band for all of the different groups. He's like a baby West Coast RZA, in my opinion, um, and <laughs> created these different um, lanes for that band to then become who they are currently and so um i really love that's that that is your origin story with your husband too it's so beautiful it is yeah and i, I remember like i when i first started coming out to uh, newcastle north mm-hmm. northeast and i would just sort of roam you know because that's what i like to do yeah wander and uh wander yeah mm-hmm. you know and like the internet was always they're always playing you know it's just uh it's just something about the sound that feels right yeah so i had to add that you know? and again something that we share you know it was the first our I'm first went over there i love it <laughs> thank you even the dimples are showing now <laughs> <laughs> on my nerve. Whatever, it's too late. Whatever. The dimples are fully um, present as you say this, so. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, 
let me put them, let me put them away. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. So um, the Uma produced um, this next track, and I and anyone that's listened to this podcast know that we reference Dilla and D'Angelo and Sadiq and all of these amazing producers, musicians, alt magicians musicians all the time um (laughs) you picked a tribe called quest get a hold um from their fourth album uh beats rhymes and life Um, uh, yes beats rhymes and life can you talk a little bit about um how you came to um enjoy some uh tribe called quest so again that was one of those things like uh so I, i discovered tribe later not late in life, I wasn't old, but you know, maybe in high school, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, it wasn't something that my folks were playing and uh-huh. I'm an only child. So I was surrounded by really what, I think really until I was maybe like 13 or 14, I was, wasn't was listening to music that was like... Youthful? Right, right. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find a more diplomatic way to <laughs> That wasn't contemporary to me, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I grew up on sort of older school stuff. Wrong so, folks music. Ain't nothing uh, wrong with that. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But, you know, like I said, you know, my mom wasn't list- wasn't blasting Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> just wasn't, you know. Right. So, um, I heard this song and I love like that initial arrangement when the beat first drops. It's so haunting to me. Dilla. Um, exactly and it's and i think that's i think that's maybe a trend in the in, in my if i was able if i had to articulate my taste mm-hmm. it's it's all artists who really understand orchestration right and use it to their wow. advantage um that's who, a good connecting um it's all sort of for all of this multi-layered and complex and makes you feel all sorts of ways when you hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that song does that, you know. And again, it's one of those songs that, you know, I, it's it's one of the, one, one of my standards on like a mix or whatever. Oh, I didn't and know And the this. moment it comes on, it forces me to just stop, yeah. right? You just have to listen to it. You do. And you have you to do. listen to it and just play it out. And so, and then, I remember, so in, in, I was in college, it was like 2003, and I was going through a breakup. And my connection to it with travel is that it was the first time that I really traveled alone. And it wasn't, and I went to New York, basically. And I had five days in New York by myself, and I was going through, in my mind, like a breakup. A situation. <laughs> it was going through a situation, son. A situation that the relationship I was in wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. so it was like all these sort of like deep sort of feelings, right? And I was in New York by myself. Mm. Uh, and it was. How old were you? I was 21. <laughs> and uh, I just remember, so I had, a, I had a friend who had moved to New York. And she lived in uh, Sunnyside, Queens. And I remember catching the six to go visit her because I was in this like fancy hotel. It was kind of for work or whatever. And then, but I was like, I want to get out, you know, like I want to 
you know, be out in the city. And so I remember like listening to that song on the six going out to Queens and uh, just seeing the lights. And it was, it was just one of those instances where again, a song just kind of forces you to just stop. And so, every, you know, I'm in New York, just bustling, but it was like, everything was in slow motion. And I was like feeling sort of the hurt of like realizing that like this relationship ain't it you know? <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i don't know how to explain it it was just deep you know and I so I, i'll always remember that. i get it, and, it was, and that was during that time it was like i i think i had um i didn't have an iphone you know it was before like the time where yeah. we had a bunch of like access to a bunch of music. So mm -hmm. I think I had like an old school MP3 player that had like, it could fit like 16 songs on it. Right. And so it was that, and Erica Badu sometimes was on there. And I, those tracks were just playing constantly this week that I was there. And so they really set the backdrop to how I was feeling and what I wanted to feel. Ugh. And I just had them in my ear and I didn't hear anything else. Yeah. If I'd known you then, I would have suggested Stressed Out, which is on the same album, um, with Faith. Yes. That would have that would have got my friend through. Yeah. And since you mentioned Badu, <laughs> I would have mentioned Green Eyes. That would have got you through too. Um, all Green those things. Eyes. Green uh, Eyes. Woo! That got me through um, one of my situationships. I'm gonna tell you right now. I was like, why am I in here crying over this man? He what this is not yeah i got you i got you um in 2004 my eyes are green because i eat a lot of vegetables because <laughs> <I eat, laughs> it don't have nothing to do with you and your friend yes. not yes. a damn thing not a damn thing um <laughs> so there's a an organization called beach rhymes in life brl it's a community-based organization that grew in response to a critical need for therapeutic programs designed specifically to serve boys and young men of color um, who as a group demonstrate some of the greatest health and social disparities. So I'm abstractly, I use that word on purpose, any um, quest heads in the in, in the in, in this uh, realm will get it. Um, a social worker named Tomas Alvarez um, created hip hop therapy and um, created this organization. And so I just love that a genre of music that is maybe a little bit older than 50, not even a century, I mean, not even a century year old, um, has been able to um, age in such a way that we recognize not only is it helpful to our auditory experience, but our mental health. And you just said that, and I didn't know this beforehand, which is why I don't like to interview people beforehand. You just said you utilized a Tribe Called Quest because of a situationship. And I just love that it comes full circle, that this organization exists and that I know these folks and that they do amazing work. And it's just proof that, you know, all the naysayers who want to make it seem as if hip hop is just some adolescent group of folks being uh, misogynistic and ignorant and all these other things, everything has um, levels and layers to it. Let's not just make the assumption that it's all one thing. It's all the things, but good things come out of that too. And so I'm so glad that you um, 
added get a hold and that you shared this story because it's just it's perfect it's perfect jason look and to add on to what you just mentioned i think it's important for people to realize that art is a reflection of what's going on in society mm -hmm. so or it should be have these conversations right when people have these conversations about hip-hop or whatever it is like that's an expression of what these people what we're feeling right mm -hmm. we're not creating the problem of misogyny we're not creating the problem of racism or whatever mm -hmm. all we're doing is expressing it and how it plays out in our lives and how it makes us feel right and so um if those if if you really take your time to just to, to if you take the time to sit back and listen um then you you may find yourself understanding that, you know? Right. And I, I do feel like hip hop is one of those things that has been, it's one of those contemporary art forms that has been demonized in a lot of ways. Yep. And, and it should be celebrated, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's basically, you know, people speaking their truths. And right. so, um, yeah, you know, that's, and that was my, that was my, that was my process with it and you know we you know you're from fresno we i didn't grow up in an urban environment you know and or any of that but um i understood the language or the style of of expression in hip-hop that was expressed when talking about hurt right when talking about pain or when talking about fear or talking about you know insecurity like i understood it yeah. you know because it came from a place that was kindred and that right. it came from a place that was us so. look at my friend look at my friend over here explaining it i love it this is exactly why <laughs> i think this mechanism um is so helpful um so we have one more track but before i get there um we've talked about some thematic things and because of um the family even chosen family um not even because of chosen family um so this entire conversation felt a little bit like a family reunion um and there have been so many things that have provided that black family reunion vibe for me in the last year which I did not see coming. I knew that I needed that because, you know, I'm a single black woman who lives alone. And so I took the pandemic really seriously um, and was isolated quite often. And so one of the things that I gravitated towards which so many others did was verses and um, things in that nature, things that brought us together um, and there were so many things that brought us together as a community based around music. Even this last verses with Steve Harvey talking over everything, even that still felt like a family reunion because there always is one person that you like, somebody go get uncle, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to say somebody no name because why, have to just, why you gotta keep interjecting? You know, this ain't about him and mocking the young people and not liking hip hop and all these things. And so recently- Say that again. I didn't hear that. Always part. got something to say. <laughs> Always got something to say. Always has. You you just you um cut out that part. Always what? 
Oh, I was going to say, just always got something to say. You always got that uncle or auntie who just yeah. cannot shut their mouth. <laughs> can't, can't control it. You know, if it's a group of us, they're going to have something to say. Um, and so, but the thing is, even if, even that he was, you know, annoying, I still love the camaraderie of us having a conversation together with not just people we know, people we don't know about things that, that matter to us. Um, so we do get to see all the celebrities that, and I, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. So like an E entertainment or all those channels, they have things for non-black folks. It's for everybody, but it's not necessarily us um, that celebrate all of these celebrities and the things they do. And I'm never interested. I don't know who reality stars are. I don't know any of those things, but because we rarely get the, um, platform unless we create it till we get to share one another us talking about celebrities feels like us talking about family and so when i sent you um a video the other day with naomi campbell interviewing dave chappelle i love that your response was similar to what i said no what i was feeling and we didn't even have to talk about it um i just wanted to just briefly talk about that a little bit because you mentioned Africa, which they mention throughout this video, they mention um, different people coming together in, in Dave Chappelle's space in Ohio because there aren't spaces for black folks to gather and feel comfortable and have these kind of in-depth conversations or fun without us feeling like I don't I don't want to just the comfortability factor, yo, I can't really articulate it well. And even you said it, where Naomi Campbell could interview somebody and she wasn't being referred to as a black bitch, quite frankly, because I don't follow fashion very much. And and if I believed what I read the little bit, that's the narrative that they've always had about her. No one ever said, oh, she's articulate and um, a humanitarian and has these deep relationships with these other folks that we find to be family as well. Can you just share maybe what your thoughts were about doing that? Because I, I sent it to a few folks and black folks, we all had the same response. And I was really, I was just very happy about that because I want to know that um, Yasin Bey still has a relationship with Dave Chappelle and can go to his house and and enjoy without the scrutiny of the media and ugliness and asking them how they feel about tragedies that happen all over we it's like when you and i and star and steven and johnny and whomever else we used to roll with would come together maybe once a week sometimes just to be in one another's presence and talk about how the week went from our lens because so many people ask us for things without ever asking, are you okay? What's your capacity? And so many times we're the only black person in the space. So the weight of that just gets heavier and heavier. And so it was just beautiful for me as someone that has to curate, not has to, that likes to curate spaces where people can come together and feel good of all, of all nationality. But most importantly for us, because when do, when do we get, the opportunity to do that, you know, authentically. And so I just, I thank you for receiving it's, it in the way that I sent it. 
it's funny because uh, my partner, you know, we're we're Bi you know, multinational, multiracial <laughs> couple. Yeah. Uh, and he, we had a conversation a while ago because it was, and it wasn't in, in pertaining to anyone who was of color, but it was, I can't even remember who the artist was. It was an actor or something, but uh, who made some sort of uh, clumsy remark about political remark. And, and, and John said, you know, that's why entertainers shouldn't dive into politics. They should just, you know, focus on the art. And I disagreed strongly I disagree. with him. I said, I you don't realize, like for me, a person of color, our, you know, our civil rights icons, a lot of times were artists, right? They were Thank the you. people who were, you know, at some, you you can go back to Harry Belafonte, mm -hmm. to Sidney Poitier, the Supreme, I mean, you can list all of them. Right. People, you know, um, Sam Davis Jr., whoever, Nina Simone, people who, Billie Holiday, people who were accepted in front of white crowds and we were entertaining them mm -hmm. and were glamorized, but when they went to their hotels, couldn't even ride up on an elevator, right? right. And so had to go in the back door to the restaurant to yeah. get the food and so then take is, it back. There is no disconnect for us, you no. know, because um they were the most a lot of times the entertainers the artists were the most visible black people of that time right yeah. and so that's how that conversation was changed was through them was mm -hmm. through their image and all that stuff um and so you know when you sent me that video it was it was good to see specifically for someone like naomi campbell sort of having her up you know, her moment, but right. also it was a realization that we have a long way to go, you mm -hmm. know, that, um, you know, that at that time, you know, we weren't comfortable acknowledging that a black woman was that beautiful, right? We weren't comfortable and, you know, that the notion that she could be a black woman could be the desire of mm -hmm. of white men right you know? so um seeing that empowerment and seeing like you were saying that space for her to talk to dave Chappelle openly about um about you know South not Africa, only beauty standards it, all these yeah things. exactly mental health and, and, and in a lot of ways, yeah talking about their struggles mm -hmm. and, in, and in a way that wasn't meant to but i think it was just a really authentic ex you know exchange and the unfortunate thing is people of color aren't often given those platforms they're not often given that space to do it you know and so no i and when we I are it. it's ne it's it's never i i think i recently saw viola davis on on some late night talk show and I was so disappointed. And then I even, I, and I wasn't disappointed in her. I was disappointed in the direction that the interview went. Wow, Jason, I've been talking to you a long time. I'm sorry. 
I'm gonna wrap this up. We're gonna wrap this up. My bad. Um, Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's over here changing the lighting because now it's dark there, and we've been talking for a minute, and I don't want to keep. I can see you. Stop it. Um, but it was one of those things where she came out with her natural hair, and me as a black woman, I knew instantly. I'm like, this interview is not gonna be about anything other than her hair, and it was. And this person was just, I feel like it might've been Jimmy, one of them Jimmy's, I don't know. Um, and they, and it's the weird little microaggression. It's not, it's just all the things that we have to take in consideration. She want to be herself. She coming out here and you're not talking about anything other than her hair. And so I just love that during this time, we've taken so many steps to, to still be heard to still be seen amongst our our peers, amongst the family, as we've talked about today, because we don't really get those, we just don't have that opportunity. And when we do, we have to modify it a bit in order not to feel like we're taken advantage of or um, made to be a caricature. And Dave Chappelle, I, I mean, you know, I love the Chappelle show, but the moment he quit, I understood 100%. I was like, you don't want to be laughed at. You want people to laugh with you. I know exactly what you right. mean. And then going home, we've talked about home. He went straight to Africa and it was dismissed as something odd. And you and I both have been there and both didn't feel anything other than welcome home. That's all. As soon as people see a black American, it's welcome home. I never had anybody tell me that before, ever. And so, uh, not in that way, you know what I mean? And and so I just I just want to thank you for always being open to me sharing things with with me saying very little, and we still have the same um, visceral response to it because we still are both wandering um, as we wonder. And this playlist couldn't have elicited a better response from me than than what it has and so i just i just want to thank you for that um well and i think that's an important thing right when we talk about i think it is when we have an exchange with our peers or with our family or what whatever it is about what it is that makes us tick what it is that moves us a lot of times we may not be able to articulate it mm -hmm. but i think like this is what was great about this challenge i know you don't like to call it no it's okay i do to really talk about sort of how art how creativity how sound plays a really vital role in all of that you know and again i think it's been sort of it hasn't been appreciated enough the value that especially sort of black artists and black sounds and you know my partner john i think i've shared it with you i've gotten him on this gospel kick because i was like if you want to understand anything about music you have to go to the black church listen to a black gospel sing yeah, yeah you have you to have like to start the at the black church. yeah I that's say that where too. there was an I mean, that was like an intersection of politics, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and even still, like, yeah. 
Um, and, and that's where black people express their pain and their hurt and their joy. And that's where we built our communities. And so if you really want to understand anything about soul or, mm -hmm. or hip hop or blues, you have to start with the black rock country. You have to start with the black church. Um, and so, no, I, I do think it's really, I think it's, it's poignant for us to always have these conversations and and appreciate the fact that uh, even at times when us as Black folk can't articulate how we feel mm -hmm. or don't feel comfortable in spaces to articulate how we feel, we can do it through music right. or we can do it through writing, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and in a lot of ways, art has always provided that for me as a gay black kid from Fresno. It's mm -hmm. always given me that safe space right. to be myself. Right. So. Good for you. I love it. I love this. <laughs> Thank you so much for just spending this time with me. Um, Talking too much. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't mean to keep you this long. It's just a very, it's a- Girl, it's I ain't a, got nowhere to go. What? It's nine o'clock there yeah okay all right we go not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> well um your you know your final track for your five song playlist which if you're just tuning in you've missed an amazing almost hour and a half now almost two hours y'all um no <laughs> <laughs> um on you know um how to get lost, how to how to wander, how to take a journey um, with Jason Eason. And the last track is from a band that I'd not heard of prior to this called Boom Clap Bachelors. And the song is Lobstopsta? Lobstopsta? Lobsta? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm working this out. We're workshopping this together. <laughs> It's a Scandinavian band, so yeah, our pronunciation will, will not do it justice. Well, I couldn't find it, so I went to YouTube, and I'm looking, and I'm like, that's Coco. And then she's singing, and then I look at the label, because I'm that chick, I'm like, that's Plug Research. Quadrant, which is the I band did. that Coco <laughs> is it. from, I'm like, how is this a thing? And so I had to read all the stuff. And so I just want to thank you for introducing me this morning to uh, Boom. Um, uh, boom clap bachelors because I had no idea that Coco um, worked with Tyler the Creator the didn't know <laughs> didn't know so um, let's talk about this a little bit and um, yeah share with the listeners why you picked this and um, how is this factor okay. into the wandering this is another one of those songs and I'm, I'm going to get choked up. But so in 2016, uh, I went to Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. I went to Copenhagen for about 10 days, and then we went to Iceland for about 10 days. And so I was in Copenhagen with one of my best friends, Robert. And I remember we were at this, uh, we went to just this sort of outdoor food festival that they would host on. Saturdays, you know, it's during the day and 
you know, it was buzzy and, you know, there were people about everywhere. The food was great. The, the sun was shining and they had a DJ and this song came on. And it's not in English, if you heard it. I heard um, and I didn't, uh, naturally, I didn't know what was said, but it was another one of those moments where everything sort of stopped. And at that time, I was going, it was really challenging because that was when, and you know my mother personally, but that was when we were, you know, her symptoms were starting to show up with ALS and we didn't know what was going on. And um, in retrospect, that was one of the last times that I was able to like hear her voice when I spoke, spoke to her on the phone. And so internally, I was sort of like, um, really fearful and I heard that song and everything got quiet for me and I felt some sense of calm even appreciating and understanding that um, I was probably embarking on one of the hardest hardest points in my life and and so yeah that song has always resonated with me and then when i i remember coming back and like at, at one point i was like oh i need to like figure out like what it's about and then i actually like made a conscious effort not to do that mm. right i don't need to understand what it is that she's singing about because, because whenever i hear that song whenever i hear that song you know it's uh it's uh It makes me feel free and hopeful, and it's just so beautiful. Mm. And so that's why I had to add it. Well, and then I, I did learn more about Coco, and I was like, "This girl's dope," <laughs> but her voice is just so, you know, it's just so beautiful. And I think the song is beautiful, and the arrangement is gorgeous. And, and spot on so i couldn't say anything more to make this this better that's perfect um yeah that's just a perfect way to end um and and the simple fact that i didn't care to learn what she was saying either i i listened to it and i was like oh my god i had no idea she even spoke i mean saying in her native tongue i just assumed um english was because you know i'd never heard her talk only seeing um right and it's just beautiful and um it's still part of this whole playlist though because she still you know has done a lot of work with other soul artists that we've talked about um the whole Uma little situation there. Um, I, I'm certain that Armin Nalbandian and I saw her, well, saw Quadrant open up for Raphael Sadiq. Um, really? Yeah, in Oakland, like years ago. And so that soulful connection is still there and and you get it wherever you are. I mean, it, it comes to you when, when you need it. And I think that it came to you at a perfect time. And I love this journey. Again, and, and, and talking about like the authenticity of it all, you know, yeah. the fact that she was, she's, she's 
she sings a song in her native language, her native mm -hmm. tongue, mm -hmm. which I don't understand. But what I did understand, what I did respond to, was the soulfulness of it all. You know, yeah. it was like, um, and again, that's why I said, you know, I don't. It, it, there was one point where I was really trying to like track down like, <laughs> lyrically. I really, I, when I first heard it, it was one of those songs that stuck with me. Mm. And then I was just like, you know what? I I'm just want to leave it as it is. <laughs> and so when I listened to it, like I just, you know, I was listening to it just yesterday, you know, and I, you know, it's just, it comes on. I just allow myself to, to enjoy it and feel it and emote to it and I don't need to know what she's saying and that's I think all in all like maybe that's what I was trying to get to just sort of the kindredness that we all have right like I think you do know it, what it, she's it saying extends though, beyond language. well yeah yeah I think that you maybe. do I think art allows you to but interpret that though. in the it way beyond... yeah yeah it I, extends I beyond that... language extends beyond you know, um, I think we commu communicate better with each other when we just express and we feel. We take it in and we listen. And uh, so I love that song because it, like, again, to this day, I don't know what she's necessarily saying lyrically and I don't care mm -hmm. to, but I yeah. love the song. I absolutely love it. So. That is beautiful. Um... I'm going to dig deeper into their catalog. I mean, it's boom clap. So clearly they have an affinity for hip hop. So I'm going to be fine. And I love Coco's voice. <laughs> We're good to go. Um, my last, my very last question for you uh, this uh, beautiful sunny day is how do you stay sucker free? I mean, you are, as I said at the top of the hour, unequivocally the most sucker free person. Um, I know you don't suffer fools. How are you, how is this accomplished on a daily basis, Jason Eason from Tyne upon Newcastle? Um, listen, I think people don't hone in onto their, that skill. They don't think of it as a skill to just shut up and listen, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. uh, and I'm naturally an observer. So I think it allows me to feel, I hate, I hate the term empathy, but it allows me to maybe understand where someone is coming from at that moment. Mm. And, it, and it gives me patience, right? Right. So, I don't have time for drama, right? Let's just like, if you're upset about something, let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. If you're sad about it, let's just talk about it. Let's do, be real and it's okay. Cause we've all been there. Yeah. And we're all gonna be there at some point, you know? Um, and life is, is too short to, to get yourself caught up in the notion that you're alone because you're not you're not no matter what people are telling you on social media or whatever mm. you know we're we are all kindred 
And so I try to just, you know, practice that. And uh, I don't, I, I shouldn't say practice because it just, it's just the way I am, to be honest. It's just natural. <laughs> it's not, I was like, I don't see you practice. It's not it's, something it I seems natural. It feels natural. It's received naturally. So good. Listen, y'all. So I just want to say thank you for joining us. Um, we hope you listeners have enjoyed getting to know uh, Jason Eason this week. And we invite you to like and subscribe via Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram for updates on guests, playlists, uh, suggested sucker-free activities and whatnot. And um, thank you so much, Jason. I really enjoyed this time with you. And I hope you did as well. Um, it's the day after my birthday. This is and this is amazing. I just feel good. And yeah. I just I just feel like you've just given me a really beautiful gift of your time. And um, you're, you're just essence, as I said, you're a whole vibe. And I think more people need to um, practice authenticity if they've not had the opportunity to do that just yet. It's never too late. And please never, never feel um, like what you have to share is not worthy of sharing if if it's in you and you want somebody to know this is who i am just share that you you'll never know call um, me. <laughs> or, or call my mans up and um he will help you through that process um so just thank you so much and thanks for having jack in the room too oh of course devoy you are a gift to us all and this is been enjoyable not only because it's been a you know, fun, mm -hmm. but also because I get to talk to you. You are a gift to us all, and you'll continue to be a gift <laughs> to us all. You're gonna make my so eyes push water. Forward. All right, I will. Push Have forward. a lovely evening. And your bad day, you're ready to visit. <laughs> I will be ready. Um, I get that second shot on Friday, and um, some herd immunity is going to be popping off here sometime soon this summer, I hope. <laughs> and um, I get to visit again soon um, and just bask in um, the comfort of knowing I have a home away from home and I feel that with you. So, And your family. Amen. All right. Have a lovely evening. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye.